Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah. This podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, up, up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We are a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners with a special guest. Ain't that Always. the truth? Ain't special that the guest. truth? Naomi, who is our special guest today? Oh, my God, we have someone we adore. Today, we are answering your questions, helping you get your life right with Joel Kim Booster. Hell yes! Comedian, writer, raconteur. Can I say that? <laughs> um, Joel is amazing. You have seen his Comedy Central special. Perhaps you've listened to his podcast, Urgent Care, with Mitra Juhari. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you getting it together is the question. Mm-hmm. Vis-a-vis Joel Kim Booster. I love Joel. We've known him for how many years? Long time. Long time. Joel is a cool customer. He's a cool customer. And I really want to crack that veneer, but I think this episode and the conversation kind of um, made it clear to me that that's not possible, but I shouldn't take it personally. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was good. I think it was important. It's uh, it's interesting. Joel's one of uh, the the uh, the comedians I never thought would become like kind of like a leftist 
um, kind of like, yeah, icon. I think that's great. I think that's great. Like, same thing with like John Early. Yeah. Where like the, because the characters they play are like Joel's stage persona are ironic is and detached. ironic and detached. Yeah. Um, yep. But in real life, they're actually like, are very caring, both yeah. John and Joel. Yes, so. they're galvanizing forces. Yeah. That's what I'll say. So, and I truly adore them both. So, I hope you enjoy the fun we had. This is funny because. W- Half of these episodes, if not more, from this batch were recorded on the cusp of us getting the vaccine. The what, Andy? The cusp. What is that word? The cu- oh, sorry. Are you referencing? I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm doing a callback to literally something that makes no sense, and I'm going to stop. You're doing a, so she's dumb. doing a callback to the Father's Day phone call I had with my parents, where I called our neighborhood a cusp neighborhood, yeah. and they were like, what word is he using? Yeah. It was Norma! Just- it Norma, was, what word was that? Why do you give him that voice every time? It's not even my his dad, real voice. My dad does not sound like a 1950s Brooklyn Jew. <laughs> but anyway, that was dumb what I just did. Anyway. Cusp. Cusp. Yes, these episodes, right, were like. The cusp of us getting the vaccine. That, right. Because like. Right, right, right. <laughs> last, last week's with uh, uh, Jason Butler Harner. Mm-hmm. JBH. The wonderful JBH. Uh, I remember like there was a lot of anxiety about us going back out into the world. Right, 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 right. And here we are. Here we are back in the world. No anxiety. In fact, the only thing, Naomi, that I would say I'm afraid of is, uh, uh, we talked about this before, running into a casual acquaintance. Casual acquaintance. Uh-huh. The, uh, the gray area of existence. And yes. the, the most loathsome, anxious <laughs> kind of interaction. <laughs> Um, okay. Naomi, you know what we like to do on uh, on the show in the intros is uh, we love follow ups. When we well, give advice, okay, yes, I see what you're saying. That's very true. When we give advice, I say we do love a follow up. We often get either people writing in saying like, "Loved your advice," uh, or "It sucked." Just like r- random listeners. Yep. Or sometimes the people who wrote that original question. Yes. Follow up with us. Oh, yes, and this is a wonderful follow-up from the w- woman who reached out during the Ryan O'Connell and Punam Patel episode mm-hmm. talking about playing rugby, not rugby, roller derby <laughs> in France. Although I'd love to see rugby derby, which is rugby, uh, rugby, derby. On, <laughs> rugby on skates. My God. But basically, uh, this person was having a kind of like, uh, what would you call it, a queer awakening yes. while they were playing a spring roller awakening. derby. Yep, a spring awakening. And uh, But they're in a, a long-term relationship and they were like, uh, what do I do? Okay. So, um, Jen is her name. She wrote us back after we gave our advice. And she's Just, offering her name? Uh, yes. Love you. It's an alias, by the way. Oh, love you, alias. <laughs> love you, Jennifer Garner. Uh, just listen, y'all are wild. I've never felt so validated and absolutely roasted at the same time. I tell you, Ryan was the first person to roast a listener. He was. He was. He really changed the game for all of us. So I work as a primary school ESL teacher, and I was listening while walking from one school to another. Very strange to hear the screenplay of my future boob-grabbing roller derby porno. Because <laughs> I believe Ryan and Punham were pitching yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then sing, hello, how are you, with seven-year-olds. <laughs> I did go home and play it for my partner. Yes, including the part where Ryan suggests I'm a full-blown lesbian. <laughs> I don't think... Listeners, listeners, it was a joke. Uh, I don't think so, but who knows? Maybe I'll have a life-shattering realization in my 30s. I'll keep you all updated. Should be getting my second dose of Pfizer in a couple weeks, and no contact outdoor derby practices have just restarted. Here's hoping that'll lead to a future end-of-season party or out-of-town tournament where, well, you know. Ooh. I get to enjoy some 
personal revelations. That being said, I have absolutely no game and physical intimacy scares me, so it'll be a while. Thanks for the laugh. Okay, now what I need is then a second follow-up after that hopefully end-of-season party or away game. Yes, I want to follow Jen. I mean, we already decided this is um, a TV show. This is Mm -hmm. a limited series. Mm -hmm. This is a Netflix three-season darling. You know, forget Emily in Paris, okay? It's it's roller derby, rugby derby in Paris. It's uh, Nice. Nice. Andy, I can't allow it. I can't allow it. I can't support all of it. Honestly, I wouldn't support that one either. Okay, good. I just couldn't think. I genuinely could not think of a single other city in France. (laughs) Normandy? Sure. Normandy Derby? Nope. Nope. I'm I'm calling that one as bad right away. Uh, And then someone else wrote us on uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. Direct message. Hello, I just listened to the last episode with the caller, Jen. Like Jen, I also had my queer sexual awakening after joining Roller Derby. Okay, Roller Derby is hot. Uh, And as a bonus coincidence, I had to get a rabies shot a couple years ago. What? (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? What does the rabies have to do with Roller Derby or queer experience? We may have talked about it. I can't remember exactly that episode. We may have talked about rabies. All right. All right, and if anyone knows what's happening here. Anyway, please, yes, and then follow up with us, and then we'll read that on (laughs) another episode. We're like, oh, right, that's what the rabies comment uh, referred to. Anyway, please feel free to give my info if you want to to Jen Mm -hmm. uh, to be a friend matchmaker. She is wow. welcome to DM me. I look forward to your podcast every week. Wow. Okay, okay. so I'm going to put this Creating out. Jen, friendships. Jen, if you would like to get in touch with this person, please reach back out, and then I will connect you to. You know what to do. CouplesTherapyPod at gmail.com. If you or anyone else you know is looking for a friend, mm-hmm. uh, just reach out to us, okay? We will connect people via email. But in order to do that, you actually do have to rate and review the podcast five stars, <laughs> and then we will do it. You need and to write provide a nice proof. Review. Provide proof. Hey, Naomi, do you know what another great way to meet a friend is? What? Uh, maybe like going to one of your shows wow. and, uh, and meeting other people in the audience that are fans of yours. Andy, that is a wonderful idea. And So how got- could people do that? How could people come see you? Do- now that we're back in the world, how could, how could people come see you do stand-up? Well, you guys will have a chance on both coasts. All the L.A. folks, L.A. adjacent. You can see me at the Comedy Chateau in North Hollywood. I'll be there July 8th, July 14th, and July 15th. All of those shows, I will be headlining, doing 30 minutes. I have booked all the other comics, and it will be a fun time. Again, the Comedy Chateau in North Hollywood. I'll put up a link. I'll Just get it Just give me together. a name of one one other comic that might be Solomon Georgio. Solomon Georgio. Wonderful. Beth Stelling. Fantastic. Megan Gailey. Oh, Think about brilliant. that. Brilliant. Now, if you're in New York, you can catch me at Littlefield in Brooklyn, July 27th and August 1st. Woo. July 27th, I got Pat Regan, Christy Cielo, Chalet was sharp. Damn. It's going to be fun. And August 1st, coming through with Sydney, Washington, and more. And by and more means I have yet to book them. But just know it's going to pop off. So you got options. Either coast. I'll be putting up the links. You can always follow on Insta, Couples Therapy Pod. I mean, for the info. Great. All right. Well, you know what? We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. So roll it. Joel, it's so 
good to see your face. You look so well. How have you been? You know what? It is so funny that you sh- say I look well because this week has been uh, has done a real number on me. I am struggling. I'm just getting over one of the worst stomach flus I've ever had in my entire oh, life. What? Um, when I tell you I had on Tuesday 101.8 fever. Oh, my goodness. Shitting constantly. Shat the bed. Not once, but twice. Oh, and no. when I tell you, it changes your relationship with your bed forever. Yeah, yeah. It is no longer yeah. a safe space for you. <laughs> it is a space that you have shat. And now you know that that is a possibility forever for the rest yeah. of your life. And yes, I clean the sheets. I clean the sheets twice. Of course. And thank God it didn't reach the, the mattress. Oh, my God. Thank yes. God. Because that oh, would be no. a whole different story. Yeah, but, it's a super fun site then. <laughs> but my God, I just... I my life I've been changed. I've right. been changed this week irrevocably. Yeah. Um I feel like a new person, a, a worse person, um <laughs> and an unsafe person, quite honestly. So, so if I rush off this podcast, you know why. It's cuz you had to go. Right. Yeah. So so the metaphor is correct when someone like fucks up and they're like, "Oh man, uh, uh Deborah shit the bed." It's it's, it's, it's a very accurate it's metaphor. It's very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Now, do you know what you ate that caused this terrible sickness? You know what? I don't want to call out the restaurant specifically, mostly okay. because I, call I don't. Call them out. Yamashiro? <laughs> Yamashiro in Hollywood. Oh, okay? no. It's a it's a sushi restaurant. Yeah. And yeah. I want to say it's them. I yeah. want to say it's them. I went there with um, friends. I don't know if you're Pod, but of you, Matt Rogers, Bowen Yang, Greta oh, Tidelman. My God, um, we're a true cavalcade of stars. Yeah, truly. <laughs> um and I ate some I, the only thing that we can think of is the one thing that I ate that they didn't mm-hmm. is um bone marrow. Uh, I ate some okay. bone marrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was it. feeling adventurous right. and mm-hmm. and that one little that one little bone with its <laughs> one little bit of bone marrow <laughs> has caused me not one but two days of just agony. Ooh, just oh, absolute agony and despair i'm so sorry especially because it's like you know we're just getting back out in the world and so it's like i know friends like this sounds so good or whatever i know i mean the the saving grace is that i'm at least glad that it happened at the beginning of the week and i sort of feel like by the weekend i'll be hopefully back 100 percent again Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i just don't i just don't have the time i just don't have the time It's like, why couldn't have this happened during cor- the height of Corona when everyone was indoors and I was at home anyways? And, right, right. You know? But right. then you would have been paranoid. You're like, wait, is this Corona? Oh, least, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely <laughs> would have thought it was Corona. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, I'd like to point out that uh, uh, you were like, oh, no, I don't want to name them. Immediately, the minute I started chanting, it would <laughs> took one second yeah. for you to fold. <laughs> one second. <laughs> The only I reason I wasn't, I didn't want to name them is because I was almost not sure of what the name was. But then I, <laughs> I said, even if it's not the right name, I'm going to name someone. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I got food poison. I food poisoned myself to the point where <laughs> I went to the hospital because I didn't, I'd never been food poisoned before. Uh, this is, I, I made a stir fry. So this is, uh, 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 oof, I've been vegetarian f- six, 15. 
19, that day? 20 years ago. This had to have been 20 years ago. I, I really, I want to do the math. Okay, do you know how well you're doing if you could, you have to go back 20 years the last yeah, time you were seriously. food poisoned? The listeners demand accuracy. Do you know how many emails and messages <laughs> I get if I don't accurately tell them what year I was food poisoned, Naomi? Wow, yep. I know. I know. A lot of reply guys. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of actuaries in the audience. But um, I, I checked every small piece of chicken in there. I cut open, and I must have missed one. And I was in agony. I'd never been food poisoned before. I thought I was dying. And my girlfriend at the time was, uh, she was evangelical. You had a girlfriend before Naomi? That's what I say. That's what I say. But can you imagine evangelical? (laughs) Andy with an evangelical. My friend at the time. What, are you going to be a Jew for Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My pal at the time, uh, who uh, was for some reason was in the bed next to me. Uh-huh. I uh, I was in, I was dying. Things were coming out of every orifice that possibly things could come out of. And she was like, "Should I pray for you?" And I I mean I was an asshole at the time too. By the way, let me just put that out there so it's, it doesn't sound like I'm like uh, uh, a great person for what I just said next. And I said, <laughs> I uh, I threw I grabbed my wallet from the thing. I threw it at her. I go, "No, fuck that. Call my fucking doctor." <laughs> Uh, and I went to the hospital, um, and uh, it was just food poisoning. And then they what can they do for you? What can they do for you? Because I thought about I was like, if my fever goes up one more yeah. fucking degree, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm Ubering to the hospital myself. Yeah. But right. then I thought, like, what can they do for food poisoning? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. What they can do though is run a lot of tests on you to charge your insurance. <laughs> That's what they can do, and what they did to me because they knew it was food poisoning. But they're like, uh, we'll we'll give you a cat scan just in case. <laughs> Oh, uh, here's they'll, a here's a spinal tap. We who who knows? They'll, <laughs> they'll give you like an IV. Like at best, they're like we'll give you fluids yeah, if you're dehydrated. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. In which case, you're like, all right, I could have bought some Gatorade. But it's truly they're like, but it's, you're right though. If your fever goes too high and doesn't go down, then yeah, you are gonna want them to look at something. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just glad you're still here with us. I and you've made it through. And you know, I gotta talk to you about fevers really quickly. <laughs> Are you using this as an open mic for your <laughs> for when you go back at the world? <laughs> I was doing some research on fevers because I was like, why is my fever so high and I feel so cold? That's uh-huh. annoying. I prefer when I have a fever and I'm hot because that yes. makes sense. Yes. But then I was reading, they're like, when you're shivering and you're cold, don't, don't put on more layers. Don't like get under blankets. Take a lukewarm cold bath. Because what? putting on more layers will only make the fever worse. And I was like, this is outrageous. That's this is really outrageous wild. that there is nothing to be done about this. I feel cold as hell right now. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're telling me I should strip down and take a lukewarm bath? That's insane. That's insane. Science, needs to, get, science needs to figure itself out. <laughs> science yeah. needs to get science, it together. Stop being counterintuitive. Okay, the Earth is this. Obviously, the sun goes around us, all right? <laughs> stop it with the counterintuitive shit, it's all right? Like, stop these diagrams that show me the sun's the center of the galaxy. All these years, all these years of fever research, and your remedy for me, WebMD, is a lukewarm bath. Honestly, science has not advanced much since 1902. No, okay? it hasn't. Like a lot of it, it like really hasn't. It was like a long time where it was like you're on your own, and then like early 1900s, they were like, okay. Drink some vodka. We're going to cut off your leg. They kind of started to do some stuff. Right. And then it, it was, was kinda, Copernicus to 1902. Right. And then, and then they kind of got some stuff done, especially after like WWI. 
they were like, wow, everybody's coming home with their face half blown off. We got to figure something out. <laughs> and that, that's where they build masks. And then they build masks. masks that that's you like saw they, in uh, Boardwalk Empire. They kind of get some prosthetics. And then they're like, I don't know what else to do. And then, like, for a hot minute, they cure polio in the 50s. And then it's kind of been you on your own ever since. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're tackling sort of like the bigger issues like, oh, like your cancer. Let's look at HIV, stuff like that. And I get that. And I think that's all very important. But I would like an answer to make myself not feel cold when I have a fever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it because you're radiate because the fever makes you radiate warmth? That's why you're cold. No, it's something about your internal thermostat is fucked up. Uh, so like you, uh, so it's that is uh, that is as far as I can go. Right. To explain. so you feel cold, but you're not actually your yes. body is just yeah, messing yeah, yeah. up. Your body is just I see. It, haywire. Yeah, you're getting the wrong signals. Yeah. From, your body is me in high school with a girl I like. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say your getting, body is a wonderland. You're getting the wrong signals. <laughs> Uh, you, you think you're getting one signal and you're not. Uh, uh, by the way, I want to just go back for a second for all the reply, guys. I know I said center of the galaxy. I meant solar system. Stop it. Joel, did you date girls in high school? Um, Let's see. I sort of dated girls in junior high, and I went to homecoming. The first homecoming before I came out, I went with a girl. Okay. Okay, but you um, came out. Oh, you she, came out in high school. For some reason, I thought it was later because no, I came out your parents when were I religious. was sixteen, October, like truly right after homecoming, um, my junior year of high school. Oh, okay. okay, and uh, and um, and and I actually don't. This is I'm not sure. Um, I have to say, my prom date is actually a man. Um, they're oh. a trans man. Oh, okay, no. um, so. There's a lot. There was a lot going on in that situation. We kissed at the uh-huh. end of the at, at the end of the night, and and I think we all we were all in that moment. Both of us realized a lot of things about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. What cut? What you grew up like in the countryside? No, not necessarily. Well, it's so weird. <laughs> I grew up in a suburb of Chicago that is oh. both half and half country and suburb it's like as far out southwest as you can be and still be considered a suburb of chicago there were lots of fields yes lots of country farm yes like people but then there were also like those big box subdivisions lots of strip malls Mm -hmm. um targets and things like that of that nature that suburbs are known for um but it wasn't like full-on country but there were definitely farm kids that. Well, because I remember seeing pictures of you, like you know, you posted pictures you young, mm-hmm. and you were a like tractor with a piece of wheat. Yeah, and like and you like in the field out. where I was like, oh, but well, I was like that was more country than I thought. But that's that why. that is probably because so my dad, um, he worked for a tractor company for over forty years, like almost oh, fifty years, and he grew up on a farm, and so some of those might be from my dad's childhood farm. That oh, he grew okay. Up on. Um, and he, yeah. And so he, but he also like, I don't know. He would take us to like tractor shows growing up all the time. And so some of that might be from there. Multiple tractor shows. I'm so sorry. (laughs) What's happening at a tractor show? You're looking at tractors. (laughs) You're climbing at tractors. That's it. That is Is it it. fun at all. Is there anything fun? Not for me. Not for me, bitch. Not for a glamour, not for a glamour bitch like me. (laughs) I was not that I was not there for the tractors, okay? Right. If, if they had look, some good snacks though. There was like fair okay. food. 
Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's that's what I'm going to these things for. If if there was one thing you could do, not to put you on the spot, if there's one thing you could do to make a tractor show more fun, what do you think you would do? Yeah. Um, like theme park esque, um, musicals. You know, like where like there's oh. like show quite. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Costume yeah. like musical Costumes. numbers. Costumes. You know, no, no, no. Like um, the Disney has like a Frozen musical that you can go and see at the park. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or at the Harry Potter show, they have the Banshees that come out and do like musical numbers and stuff like that. Something yeah. a little flashier than, <laughs> a, than just looking at the tractors and observing the tractors harvest. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I could pitch this, American Gothic, the musical. So, you know, the, yeah. like the old farmer with the pitchfork and his sure. wife. So turn that sure. into a musical. Anything would have been better. Anything. That's. Wow, a tractor show. You've yeah. really lived. You've lived, Joel. Yeah. I have had <laughs> a life, that you is have for sure. Been, you have been on all sides. Um, do you – Do you? so, like, I mean, you grew up – like, I can't help but, like, retain some of Pennsylvania in me, mm-hmm. right? Do you have any of that, like, any of that in you still? Oh. Like, this, this rural tractor yeah. life? Absolutely I do. I think <laughs> – um, I think I have an affinity for a big box store. Um, there is no, I, like walking into a target is like wrapping myself in a warm blanket, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, it is home for me. It is where I feel safest. And, um, that is, that's like a big part of, I think, suburban culture for me. And like, I think I've, I've, I've held on to a lot of like my Midwestern sort of, um, I'm, I'm pretty passive aggressive. I'm not confrontational. Um, mm. I um I'm pretty polite. I like to get to know like I'm I'm very friendly in a in in a mid in a midwestern way. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I talk to everybody. Um and yeah, I'm I don't know. I I think there's a humbleness. Like I'm not a humble person, but there is a humbleness <laughs> about me that is Wait, what do you mean? Midwestern. Um, You're not humble, but there's a humbleness about you. Like cuz I know I'm the shit, but like I don't bring it up, you know? <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not like uh-huh. I, I'm not st- I, like if I'm standing in a circle of people talking, you know, and they're like, yeah, I've got this going on. I've got this going on. I la- I wait for someone else to bring up what I've got going on. Yes. You know? uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not volunteering it because that's uncouth. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. That's good. Like, yeah, it is. It's all, I like and I, also, I don't like the culture of bragging, especially that's yeah. out here where yeah. it's just like, I, OK, like unless like the same thing where it's just like. Unless there's some, unless you're at, like we're good friends, I kind of don't care. Yeah, what right. you're doing. <laughs> and nobody, and that's the thing, nobody cares too. That's why I don't say anything because it's like yeah. you don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you did care, I would actually be suspicious of you. Why do you care? You don't know me. Why yeah. do you care what I've got going on? Right, 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 right. You're like, it's like, what is your game? What is yeah. your angle? Yeah, what? Yeah, why are you trying to suss this out you. of me? I there's a I feel and, and I don't know what this is if this is Pennsylvania or something, but there's a lot of distrust. Like I feel mm. a lot of distrust for uh, if someone is trying to get this information out of me, I'm just, what do you, what do you CIA? What are you trying to get this <laughs> from me for? What are you CIA? <laughs> um, Joel, it's interesting though, when you're saying like people don't care and how you're like, you don't bring it up. I will say, I do think of you as a private person emotionally. Like, really? I feel like we would just like, you know, chit chatting. Like, I mean, again, you're about town. You know what I mean? Like you're popular. You can work a room. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what is Joel feeling inside? I don't oh. know if I've ever known. And I wonder if like that is 
also a little Midwestern, kind of like keep it close. Yeah. Don't think, don't worry about me. I don't want to talk about. It. I'm mm-hmm. fine. I'm fine. Like, is that kind of? I definitely you- think. I definitely think it's that. I definitely, and I also think like I was a very emotional person growing up, and I think my parents were sort of like, don't do that mm-hmm. a lot. And I yeah. think I that sort of that damaged me. That damaged <laughs> me. Um, and so I try to I try to keep it under wraps as much as possible. There's a lot going on behind these little eyes um, when I'm at a party, you know. Like, <laughs> um, and I and and it's it's and it's it's tough to sort of be present sometimes because I'm thinking I have there's there's a lot going on in the inner life portion of my night that is not mm-hmm. being projected mm-hmm. to the rest mm-hmm. of the party. Right, so. right, right. The outside is the first part of um, uh, name for me that famous movie Wizard of Oz. The first, <laughs> the outside is the is the first part of Wizard of Oz, and then inside your head is uh, her in Oz, where it's all baby. yeah, it's all in color. <laughs> See the metaphor. Look, the, it was totally worth it. What a great it metaphor. Was. I would say number two behind shitting the bed. Great metaphor number one. Number two, Wizard of Oz metaphor. I think that's correct. I mean, I'm a Pisces and, you know, we're dreamers. We're in our heads, you know. Wait, are you a Pisces? I am. Yes, you are a freaking dreamer in your head. Oh, my God. That's accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it's a Pisces thing because you do live in your head, Andrew. I do. But where does that, for you, where does that energy go, right? Like, uh, all that, those, for me, it's, it's, I live in my head, but like, um, all the emotions I'm feeling, uh, well, I mean, I've been through therapy now, so it's a little different, but like, I think in those times I was just like, they were happening in my body and I was just like looking at them through like a, a viewfinder type thing. And I was like, oh, well, that's fun that they're happening over there and I'm not expressing them. Do you do that same thing or does like, are you repress? are you actively repressing them and then it comes out and then the energy comes out differently? They go on the page, baby. They go on the page. <laughs> um, I mean, that's I'm being obnoxious, but it's true that <laughs> to some extent. And then it it also rears its its head in very toxic ways. I think like it it builds and builds and builds and builds. Like a lot of some some of the more negative stuff builds and builds and builds until I act out in really toxic and negative ways. Only with people that like I have the credit to get away with it with. Yep. Yeah. Such yeah. 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 My manager, <laughs> very close friends, um, people I know won't leave me. You know, right, 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 right. Well, but I know you were joking about on the page, but I do remember, like, when you and I met at the gay bar therapy and health mm-hmm. kitchen for stand up. You were in Chicago, and weren't you like getting a degree in creative writing? No, I was out of school by that point, but I was, I was like, I was writing a lot. You were writing uh, in Chicago. I was a playwright in Chicago. Okay, then that's what I'm thinking of. You were a playwright, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just assumed it was for school. Okay, no. <laughs> so you were okay. So right, so like you started out as a writer mm-hmm. before you were a stand-up, right? Yeah. I've been right. Yeah, I like writing was always like, but when you're little and you don't really know like all the different jobs necessarily, like, and you start with the sort of the umbrella job, and the umbrella job for me was like writer from mm-hmm. a very very young age. Yeah. I was that same way too. And now that I actually do it, I don't want to do it. Like yeah, when I was no, little, oh. that's exactly what I wanted. And like, I would always like the, the go-to gift, like any birthday, people would just give me journals, you know, and like pretty yep. notebooks and yep. stuff. Like that was the go-to. And I have so, I still have them all. And so many And my mom was always like, you're going to write a book. You're going to write a book. And then I sort of 
dropped it when I started doing stand up. Like that was the writing I was doing. I wasn't, you know, doing stories mm-hmm. and plays and movies and all that. And it's just interesting for something that I was so obsessed with. Don't you think there's a difference when you're doing stuff when you're young before you kind of know the limitations? Yeah. You know? And I think once I knew the limitations, I was like, oh, this ain't this fun. Yeah. I mean, COVID done fucked me up too. Like I can't, (laughs) like I can't, I I feel like I have the yips like major, like to write a joke, to write, you Mm know, I'm to rewrite a script to do anything right now. I'm so fucking useless. I feel like, I don't know if it will come back or when it will come back, but uh, it is not, this, this period has not been a creative outgrowth for me. No. Well, because you're, you're, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I'm terrified all the time. I mean, now it's, it's better, but like over the last year, it was, there was the pressure to uh, survive, right? To like the fear of like walking outside and being like, something could kill me. If I touch this package, I'll die. <laughs> Even though yeah. I know like, con- like that was a very small chance that that was going to happen. But uh, <laughs> without that omnipresent fear, I think it gives you more space well, in your in your mental life. For me, it was less fear, and for me, it was more about like lack of stimulation. I was going to say, yeah, like, that was it. Yeah, no stimuli just, coming in. I just needed to be around people and bopping around and like have those moments at the party where I'm in the corner with the inner life, you know, you know, rolling, 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 mm-hmm. and there just wasn't those moments. I was just trapped alone and I'm not right. that interesting <laughs> to be trapped with quite Wait, honestly. Can I ask both of you guys a question? Because you started out, you know, you want to be writers and then, uh, and then you are obviously both great performers. Was it when you were younger, was it just that you felt like uh, that's not for me? I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I'm, I'm yeah, I don't think I'll be able to perform. I don't think I'll be able to do that for a living. So I'm going to, I, I, I talk, I think about it as like, um, writing to the budget, right? Your brain, your existential self writes in quotes to the budget you have. And if you don't think you can be X, Y, or Z, your brain just goes, Oh, well, I'm, I can't do that. So I won't even try. Yeah, I mean, it is so funny that it's de- that's definitely part of it. But it is so funny that both of that for me, anyways. Like, I was like, I'll never be able to be an actor. Writing, that's a more <laughs> realistic goal. Like, what a fucking idiot. Um, oh, like just as hard, if not in some cases more difficult. Right. Um, yeah, I um that was a, that was a big part of it. I think um, it also just felt like writing was something like. At, like performing was like such a uh, a to do, you know, like mm-hmm. you had to like when you're young, like if it's, it has to be the school play and you have to audition and you have to like do all these things. And, and the process of it all was and writing was just like something you could like sit down in front of the computer and do and, and just fuck around, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it the, the barrier to entry felt easier with to right. writing. And I think acting. that's it, which I think that is part of it. That's why. That's why we're not stupid because it's like because the barrier to entry is easier. You're like, oh, well, then I could probably do this for a job. If the job is just me sitting at my computer or me with my notebook. Well, sure. Who's going to stop me? Whereas acting, the problem has always been that you have to be chosen Mm -hmm. by someone else Mm -hmm. just to even do it. Like literally, if you'd like, yeah, I could, I guess, do a monologue in my house. But that's not the same. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to actually be in front of people, someone else decides that for you. Right. And that's sort of the problem. And I definitely think for me that was it. Because mm-hmm. even like when I started writing like 
movie stuff and TV stuff, it was about... I mean, I always say, though, I grew up in the 90s when there was a lot of black TV. So that's where, like, my desire to be an actor came when I was little and I was, like, watching shows and I was like, ooh, a different world. I want to do that. And then, like, but when I started writing, I was, like, obviously older than that where I was like, well, if I want to be in something, I'm going to have to write it. And that's yep. kind of how it started for me. And yep. it was like, that was it. And, like, oh, I want to write. I remember, too, like, I loved horror movies and there were never, like, black people in horror movies. Like remember Scream when that movie was really popular and all and uh what's the word I know you did last summer like all that kind of things so like one of the first movies I wrote was a horror comedy and literally it was just like and it didn't even have to be me I was just like can there be black people also mm-hmm. running from a murderer and maybe making it till the end like that was the kind of shit I wanted to do absolutely yeah but Joel I, we're gonna answer some relationship questions <laughs> in a little bit you guys so serious. <laughs> Uh, I really in my mind sometimes I'm just like oh I really want to be like a serious interviewer so maybe I should like uh, practice those chops and just be like Joel now it says here no but like but I am curious you know what is your relationship status right now what has been your relationship stati in the past um I've been without I have not seriously dated somebody um, since like I have not been Facebook official boyfriends with someone <laughs> since I was twenty. Um, like I've not I've not introduced someone as like this is my boyfriend mm-hmm. since I was twenty years old. I dated a guy for roughly three months in twenty sixteen, um, and that was like probably the last significant period of dating that I have had. Um, and I've been through phases where that's where I've been like sort of seeking it out. And I would say for the last several years or the last like four or five years, maybe even I've been pretty happy being solo and I've been really enjoying being solo. I've been enjoying it a lot. And I would say as recently as three weeks ago, I decided I'm not necessarily looking, but I'm open. Hmm. I'm open to the idea of someone coming into my life. Um, Mostly because you know, I went down to San Diego with a couple of vaccinated friends <laughs> um, to celebrate my friend's 30th birthday. And he's a he's a, a really close friend of mine. And he's been with his boyfriend for almost two years now. And I, I like the boyfriend a lot. And I got really close to the boyfriend on this trip. And observing them so close up for the first time, it really was one of those things where it was like I saw the model of a relationship that I felt could work for me for the first time in a long time Hmm. okay and it was like aspirational in a way that i was like okay i've had this idea of like what a relationship would be like and that's why i've been avoiding it and now seeing this relationship i'm sort of like oh i i could i could do that if if i could find someone like kevin i would i would be be in a relationship in a relationship well what's what what do you think a relationship was like you know before um for me i guess like i thought it would be a lot of like like i really enjoy my freedom i really enjoy my freedom and like i enjoy not sort of being tied down i love not not having to check in with anybody Mm -hmm. i um i enjoy sort of taking care of myself and um not and and not having to feel like I'm an extremely jealous person, hmm. 
And so I, I feel like I don't, and I, I just never wanted to become possessive of another person. And like that just feels gross to me. And it felt like it would sort of narrow the scope of my life Mm. in a, in a Mm -hmm. very specific way. And, you know, it's interesting. Like I've been somebody, we were talking the whole trip about this idea of like flower and gardener. Like every Mm -hmm. relationship has a flower and a gardener. Yeah. Who's the flower and who's the gardener in your relationship? Who you think? Joe, who you think is the flower in the garden in this situation? Andy is the gardener and you're the flower. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. I've always thought of myself as like, I don't know. I like. I was like, for so long I was like, oh, I'm a gardener because I'm a gardener for myself. I've been gardening my goddamn self for so mm-hmm. long. And I, I, I wouldn't even know what a gardener for me would look like. And then I finally decided, like, no, maybe I am ready to be a flower, you know? Mm. Like, maybe I'm ready to let go a little bit and let somebody be the gardener. And, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, I think, like, I've had a lot of thoughts about monogamy versus non-monogamy and would I be able to handle it? And, like, I've come to terms with the fact that I think I can and, like, I want to and I want to, there's freedom in it. And, like, it would just have to be a very specific kind of connection. Um I also am just like frustrated because like I think like I have like three things that I want in a guy. You know? What? I want them to be comically hot. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um I want them to not think that homeless people are intrinsically disgusting, which mm-hmm. you would be surprised how often in LA within um. 15 minutes of meeting a guy I they will drop how disgusting they think homeless people are. And that is that is like a shorthand for just like ge- my general political like like yeah, right. And em- like have empathy, you know? Like right. yeah. you don't have to have voted for Bernie, but like have empathy, you know? Like that's all I need from somebody. And they just need to do as many drugs as I do on the weekend, you know? Oh, okay. And like and that's a tall order because I the, the people that do as many drugs as I do on the weekend are the guys that are like, "Oh, the homeless situation is out of control in LA. And then it goes to, they just need to get rid of them. Not, we should be giving them <laughs> oh, <laughs> services, you know? Right. And then the guys, the guys that do care about the homeless people that I meet working with like Sela or K town for all are just fucking nerds. No offense. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I'm in DSA. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just need to find somebody in the middle there. Uh-huh. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 It's uh, by the way, can I just say I'm not only the gardener, I'm also the uh, florist and the fertilizer wholesaler, (laughs) the rainwater in this relationship. Just FYI. Oh, you guys need out there to know. Speaking of rainwater, Joel is hydrating for a from a full jug of water. Okay, I need you guys to know that that's happening. Listen, I need to rehydrate because the the stomach flu. It really it dehydrates you. I thought it was just. From you, like being a healthy, fit guy. I don't know if we even forgot. Like, like, would you just have that anyway? You know what I mean? If not, no, 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 no. I got this specifically um, because I was so debilitated. I postmates. This was a part part of a gigantic postmated um, beverage order uh-huh. because I couldn't get up and keep going back to the sink to refill uh-huh. and come back to my bed. It was too much, oh, and no. so I just needed. Giant, yeah. I was like, get me these jugs of water that I can keep next to my bed so that I can just like right. chug mm. water and not have to worry about it, which mm. right. 
you know, is more plastic out in the world. I get it, but um, <laughs> this is extenuating. Times. Exactly, yeah. extenuating circumstances. So, so you you saw your friends, and they have a non-monogamous working relationship. Yeah, and that's the thing that kind of like, oh, okay, so this oh, is I didn't possible. Know it was non-monog. I just yeah, I just yeah, assumed yeah. It was non-monog. Most of my, I would say most of my gay friends have non-monogamous relationships to a certain extent, and um, some of them. I like look at it and I'm like, that wouldn't work for me. Um, but this one, I was like, this is exactly what I would want to work for me. That's so interesting because when you're saying that you're a jealous person, because that for me is why I could never do non-monogamy mm-hmm. because the idea of my partner with somebody else is very like upsetting. Like I wouldn't be cool about it. You know what I mean? Right. But you're saying no, no, like no. you're jealous, but you're like, is it like you're not jealous as long as you guys are kind of both doing the same thing? No, I think it's like, as long as the way that Kevin makes Chris the focus of like his attention mm-hmm. is so specific. It's 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 so it's so specific in a way that like would be so is so reassuring, I think, mm. that it's like no matter what he's getting off to, like he's sort of like because Chris is like. I, sh- I can't believe I'm using their real names. Whatever. They're never going to listen to this. Yeah, it's very and, vague. And, also, we yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Chris Nobody is our diamond. Chris doesn't. Pratt. Chris, Chris Pratt yeah. and Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. But, like, Chris is the one who's sort of, like, bouncing around boy to boy, you know, and Kevin is sort of, like, standing back off to the corner in the corner and sort of nodding approvingly and, <laughs> and you know, saying, like, go you. Like, um, and when, and, 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 but, but Chris, like, sort of, as he's zigzagging through these men like is always every other zig zagging back to kevin to sort of like check in and that would be me and kevin Mm -hmm. is getting it kevin is getting his life too by the way (laughs) he's not just standing off into the corner right but i think like the way he sort of makes chris the focus and and like is is so important it's it's Mm -hmm. not a cop it doesn't feel competitive Mm. It doesn't feel like, um, I don't know, like, it doesn't feel like a compromise. It just feels like they're both sort of living their life, but they deeply, deeply love each other on a, on a real level. Mm. And, and um, you know, I it's not to say that my friends, my other friends who have open relationships don't have loving, deep relationships, but it's just like the specific contours of their relationship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. made it made sense to me yeah. yeah, in a way that made me feel like, okay, I'm not necessarily out there in these streets looking for a boyfriend. Like I want one now, but I was ready to go. The, I was ready to just be single forever. Honestly, mm-hmm. I really was. Um, but now I see sort of the appeal of a, of a companion in that, that is, way. Okay, now here's the question though, because you're just a gorgeous man. So I'm assuming, honey, you don't have a hard time taking a lover. <laughs> now, then the question would be sort of, you know, you know for you where you're like, I'm not really trying to do a relationship, like I'm kind of committed. You know, have you had problems with people wanting more from you than you wanted to give to them? Um Yes and no. I'm pretty um I'm pretty upfront. About like when I sleep with a guy, I'm like pretty upfront about like what it is. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't uh, I'm a one and done sort of guy. Like I I don't even really have that many regular fuck buddies. I am sort of just like you're in, you're out. Goodbye. 
Good luck to you. <laughs> Good luck to you. Uh, All the a, Take a gift bag on your way out. <laughs> and there are many, and there are many guys that I I remain friends with, but don't sleep with ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and that's that's another like thing that happens. I I think it's like tough in L.A. I think it's really tough in L.A. to like. There's just no focus. Like every like unless you're. unless you really click and vibe with someone like in a very specific way, like everyone's looking for the next best thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I believe that. I believe that. It's like, that is what this town is kind of predicated on. The next best thing, the idea of finding that whatever it is and kind of being first to it Mm -hmm. in all kind of ways. So that does not surprise me, but I'm a very big proponent of I'll know when I'll, when I know, and it Mm -hmm. will not, it'll be an immediate sort of, recognition of somebody of like oh you are my person and Mm -hmm. i don't think that it'll be something that will take like three dates to get there Mm -hmm. i'm not somebody that likes to date i'm just not okay i'm not somebody who likes to go through those motions like i think it will happen very quickly and very like fast and furious like drive over the ledge onto a train (laughs) (laughs) onto a rocket yeah. Up to the moon, sort of <laughs> yeah. So you're kind of a romantic at heart, really, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how that's a mix because, like, you know, we all are in some way reacting to kind of like um, uh, heteronormativity, right? And the kind of just like monogamous, like everyone has to be monogamous. Everyone has. This is how things are, and it takes a if you, if you don't want to do that or you don't know, right? It takes a while to kind of like figure that out because everything is screaming that at you mm-hmm. and it's so it's interesting though that there's this mix this kind of like almost traditionalist mix in you right of like uh of like this kind of like old school romantic but also uh of like oh no but i i kind of know right now i understand like what kind of non-monogamous the shape of the non-monogamous relationship mm-hmm. that will fulfill me i just think it's an interesting mix there's no yeah. question there it's just yeah. a- <laughs> It's very like it's tractor show plus NYC West yeah, Village. Right. You know, he's living exactly. as both. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's right. very real. Tractor show, but make it fashion. <laughs> tractor show with a musical number. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I think on that we're gonna take a break and then we'll come back and answer some people's relationship questions. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. 
And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends. It is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out. But the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but... For comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. Me undies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words. You might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Soft underwear comes in all packages at me undies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to meundies.com slash therapy. That's meundies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies. Comfort from the outside in. Hey, y'all. Wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jublu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. back we're here with joel kim booster and honey we now know we know where joel's at we know what joel is going through we know where his heart and soul lie now we can help you handle your scandal honey now 
Joel, we get questions. People come through. They slide into our DMs on Instagram, on Twitter. We also get emails at CouplesTherapyPod at Gmail. My most favorite voicemails. Okay? The voicemails let you know where they're at emotionally. But we're going to start off now with a tender email. We do have some voicemails. I want to point that out. And you'll hear why this was not a voicemail. (laughs) So this comes to us anonymous over Instagram. Hi, Naomi and Andy. Love the podcast. I would send a voicemail, but I loathe the sound of my voice. Loathe in all capitals. (laughs) So I have a close friend that I see weekly for the new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Interesting. Usually when I'm there, we'll also discuss our love lives and gossip about boys. At the beginning, I loved it. Now it drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) My question is... I'm adding the emphasis, by the way, on a lot of these. Uh, My question is, how do I tell my friend I want to talk about literally anything else than boys all the time? He will text me about guys he's met on apps, asking me if he should hook up with them. He's even sent me pictures of them at the gym. I care about this friend, but I'm so constantly drained from hearing about men, (laughs) whether at his apartment or over text. What should I do? Thanks, Anonymous. (laughs) Say, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I think, like, in fact, like, the exact verbiage of, like, oh, man, I'm feeling so drained right now Mm -hmm. is, like, so, I think, like, the way to handle it, you know? Like, because it's not, it doesn't make it, it's not an attack, you know? It's not, like, framing it as, like, you're doing this to me. It's that I'm feeling so drained from talking about men that I need a break, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're and right. I think that's totally fair to be like moratorium on X topic <laughs> for now until further notice. I just can't do it right now. Yeah. Do you have friends that won't shut up about a certain topic? I think about out here specifically, like there are people <laughs> who are like complete creatures of the business. And so you talk to them and all they're talking about is points on the back end or whatever. <laughs> on the back end. Good God. I also think there's like, every time he texts you about a boy, like just redirect. Be like, I don't know. Anyways, how about blah, 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 blah. You know? Like, <laughs> just true. stop stop engaging. If you stop yeah. engaging, then he he has no choice but to, but to stop engaging with you on that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's, That's true. if you want to keep them as a friend. I was thinking like the people who like are only like one topic – uh, one topic friends. I don't know what to, that's uh, 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 not a great term, but uh, the ones that are one topic friends, I just don't talk to them. I just stopped uh, talking to them because like, I'm just like, this is not interesting. This is not fulfilling me in any way. I don't think they're excited about talking to me if this is all they want to talk about. If all they want to <laughs> talk about is, you know, the, you know, their manager or whatever. Or yeah. Right? Or like, look at this guy from the gym. I mean, but then it's interesting because when someone asks a question like that, where to me the answer is, as we're saying, like, say, hey, I don't want to. To me, there's this follow-up of, like, why is this a question you need to ask us? Meaning, yeah. are you afraid of this guy? Is this a person who is very mercurial or defensive or, you know what I mean? Like, there's something in their dynamic that makes that not straightforward. Yeah, because that is, it's, it's the obvious answer, you know? Yeah. Like, he knows right. that. Yeah. He knows that answer. So... Um, What's the question behind the question then? Exactly. And I think it's like this friend This friend is like maybe a little tough to push back on. Maybe. Uh, or maybe he's in love with his friend. That's – I thought that – I thought that. That's what I'm, – wow. I'm rereading this now. And when you guys said that, I'm just like, I wonder if there's – I wonder if there's something romantic. But there's nothing in the question in that the, says anything about romance. In Anonymous's. I know, but like why – like – 
Like we all knew the answer immediately. So why was that step not taken? Right. Yeah. Cause, cause this, I wonder if there's something more there. Hmm. Right. Cause they're not, yeah. the thing is like, can we not talk about this? Like there's two things. Either you stop talking to them or you say, can we not can, for, for once, can we please not talk about this? Mm-hmm. Or I like Joel's other thing is like, just keep redirecting. But even that seems like a, a like it's um, could be too subtle. Depending yeah, on the too subtle, and just but. like, and just like, not you know, if this is a real, if this is a real friend of yours, you should be able to like say like, Jesus Christ, can we please stop talking? <laughs> I get it, you're horny. <laughs> can we please? It's a good T-shirt, by the way. I get it, you're horny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wonder if there's something romantic where they they're sick of hearing about boys because they want to be that boy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that would be beautiful, quite honestly. Then I need them to write in with another question, which is, I have a crush on my friend. Tell them mm-hmm. your feel. Tell them. Like, update. Update us, safe, please. If you feel safe in, in this uh, friendship and you don't think it would ruin it, I say, uh, say it to them in a non-confrontational way. Now, on your podcast, Urgent Care, which you co-host with Mitra Juhari, <laughs> you guys are obviously answering cues as well and, like, mm-hmm. handling people's scandal. Um, I imagine you guys are both – like, you guys are both very – direct when you're like answering people's questions like there's no like i'm gonna hold your hand it's like get it together right like that kind of like straightforward energy so it's like you know but do you have people though like because you said earlier right where you're like oh i kind of only act out with the people i know i can get away with it with yeah like i don't there are friends i have friends where it's like i love them to death but i like wouldn't talk to them about like problems I have with them where I wouldn't like for work sure. on improving the relationship in any capacity. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. You know what I mean? And so and so I'm sort of like, I wonder if that is like, because when I hear something like this where it's like, oh, this person keeps talking about guys, I'm like, who cares? Meaning like, not that this isn't a problem, but I'm saying like, can you... I don't know what the word is. I don't know how to do it. I mean, I guess it's maybe just the redirecting what you're saying. This idea of like, do you have to even make it a thing? That's what I mean. Not who cares, but like, do you have to make it a, hey, I would like to tell you. Take my hand. Right. Right. That's what I want to like. Look at me. (laughs) I need you to know that what you are doing is hurting our relationship. Exactly. Exactly. You know what else I think you could do? And this is, this is classic urgent care advice. You could just start being hella negative about every guy that he brings up and be like, oh, this guy? No, his forehead is too large. No, 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 no. I do not like this guy. Look at his eyes off center, face not symmetrical. Like if you're negative about every single guy he brings up, he Mm. will stop. He will automatically stop bringing up guys to you because he will not want to hear about it. This guy has way too many nipples. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Not enough. No, one and done. One nipple, that's enough. Two nipples, too many. <laughs> what a weird standard. I would like everyone to know I have two. <laughs> that's not Naomi's normal standard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but the, the thing I think, Naomi, you were saying is, like, maybe that's just what that friendship is. That's also, like, maybe the, maybe that's just – and you have to reckon with it. Like, maybe that's – this is what it is. And, and you're you have just to decide whether, out of it. Well, you have to decide whether you want it or not. Right. Maybe it's just internal work. And you're just like, uh, is this person, am I getting enough out of them that it, it's worth it to keep this? I don't mean that in such a, like a, a selfish narcissistic way, but I just mean that like, if, if the only, if the relationship is just like you watch this TV show and they talk about boys to you, 
uh, I don't know. Is that is that worth it? I don't know. It sounds fun to me. Once a week, just a couple hours. <laughs> boys in a boys in a show. I mean, I could do it. Right. But again, I think it depends on where you're at mood wise, which is why if you guys are saying like, does he like him or is he like fucking hating dating so he doesn't want to talk about it right like he mm-hmm. could just be a thing where it's like i don't want to hear about men because i hate them all like it could be like one of this, those those like, moods or those you know moments those phases we go through Fair. so who knows Fair. um why don't we do a voicemail i love it you guys as always call 323-524-7839 one of three numbers i have memorized okay my mom andy and our call in line so give us a ring you have a three minute limit but I do like to know your emotions. Hey guys, I need advice. Uh, my roommates, who are a couple, them and I moved in together March 2020. I've tried to get to know them during pandemic, but we are truly very different people. My problem is that they make decisions for the house without me and have each adopted a puppy after I specified each? that I'm down for a dog, but not a puppy. The talks of a second puppy had me fucked up i don't understand how homegirl thinks it's more important to find a puppy to train right this moment than it is for me to feel respected in the house that i live in i'll be moving out in the next month or two but i don't know how to stay civil not seek revenge when truly i am a petty bitch (laughs) um i just like to take the high road but it's becoming hard Okay. Did she cut off? It, it, that's all we had. Okay. So. Okay. So one that was, by the way, that was a uh, uh, that was a uh, recording, uh, like a voice memo that was emailed to us at Couples Therapy. Okay, that's a fun way around dialing a number. Mm-hmm. Send a voice note. Okay, so they're moving out soon. This is recent, by the way. This yeah, listen, old. bitch, you're moving out soon. <laughs> I, I don't know why your question is, how can I take the high road? Just don't. <laughs> Be a petty bitch. Find little <laughs> ways to make your life hell until you move out. Like, uh-huh. what's, what? I don't see a problem with that. I don't it's, see why you can't burn this bridge. Exactly. That's what I was going to say, too, especially because I'm like, there's literally, to me, to get a puppy without the consent of everyone in the household is a violent act that is really puppy a puppy is a lot of fucking work Mm. and even if you're like this is my puppy that's the house puppy that puppy barking at everything scratching at the door like they said each by the way right each Each person in that couple got a puppy yeah they're trying to get the second puppy and i'm just like that is psychotic those people are (laughs) rude they're wrong and i agree with joel they do not deserve the high road okay Yeah, when if, they go low, that dog you go shits lower. on the floor, you move that shit right outside their door. Absolutely. Fit, not into the trash. No, no. You move the <laughs> shit elsewhere into the house, closer to where they live. Absolutely. That's crazy. If that dog shits on the floor, move it right outside their door. I love the rhyme. You need more <laughs> yeah. advice that rhymes. I'm going to say that yeah. right here. Uh, Joel, have you ever had a roommate where you felt the need to... If not revenge, whatever uh, is like a step or two below <laughs> revenge because <laughs> they were such them. a shitty roommate. Yeah, I mean, I've had some pretty shitty roommates. I mean, I had a roommate in New York who um, would take like two hour long baths in a three what? bedroom with one bathroom. <gasps> no. No. I had to pee in a pot and, and dump it into the Chase parking lot outside my window. Oh, okay? oh, God. 
the n- multiple times. Oh my god! Times, okay. Um, uh uh-uh. uh. So uh, there was a lot uh. of stuff that I wanted to do to him, but I never did. I was it, I just. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you, but like, was there ever a discussion? Right? Because it's you're not alone, right? There's the other roommate. This yeah. is the third person. So y'all, they're y'all both needing to use the damn bathroom. Yeah. And a two hour a two hour soak is psychotic when you share space like that. Yeah. I mean, Andy was soaked, but he even soaks. He caps it at like forty five minutes. And if Naomi needs to pee, she's welcome. I'll pull the curtain. I mean, she's pull welcome the to pee. Curtain and I she's pee. welcome to pee. Um, but like, oh my god, did y'all ever say anything? Um, yeah, we. I often would say like, "Hey, dude, that's not cool," and he'd be like, "I have to call my grandma." What? What? <laughs> Wait, he, and what? he has oh, to sorry. do it while what? he's in the bath. What? Joel. Joel, that that made. Hold on. <laughs> Well, we asked for clarification. That got worse. It got more murky. We asked for clarification, and he just threw food dye into. Oh my god! He had to call his what? grandma. While he what soaked. is the sorry? What is the link between I need to call my grandmother and I better be in the bathtub to call her? I wish I knew. What kind I of fucked knew, up? But it's just Freudian. his tradition. It's just his way of life. It is his culture. <laughs> okay. Mm-mm. No. 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 No, no, don't don't pull the woke card on your old roommate. Who? <laughs> but here's a question. Now, this person would take this bath, right? But would he say, hey, I'm about to get in the bath. Does anybody need the bathroom? Not to me. Good Lord in heaven. At the very Not least. to me. At the very least. Yeah, warning. Honestly, I wish him the worst. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> I don't know if y'all are still friends or not. I'm very, I don't We're like not. him. We're not. <laughs> We're absolutely not. But Joe, you're famously forgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So, because I was wondering, because I know you live alone here, and I wondered if that was like also part of the, you know, the move where you were like, this is mine, I'm grown. I've never had good roommates, I gotta say. I really haven't. And I, and I would love, like during the pandemic, there were moments where I was like, I wish I had someone here, but I'll never go back. I'll never go back to roommates. I could not imagine this last year. If it wasn't so like obviously you know we love each other like if it's if it was any kind of relationship that was lower on the tier than romantic, I would we they would I, I anyone who got through this is a strong person, with right? Just, with with that a roommate. Person. Well, I Do you know saying- what I mean? Like I, I we survived it because there's there's those deeper romantic bonds between us. Right. Well, see, I was going to say, though, not just romantic, because I think even like, let's say a two year couple, a three year couple may struggle. I think specifically you and I have now been together. This was year 10 to 11 for us. And I think if we hadn't been people who we lived together a long time, we're very comfortable. We know each other's moods. We can like, like, you know, there's a lot of layers. It's not enough to just be like, oh, we're a couple because, you know, some people, they be living together trying to still be cute and trying to hide stuff. (laughs) And it's like year 10 is like. Take me for take me or leave me, honey, rent style. And so it's just like very there'd be no other way. Because at least like when we get on each other's nerves, we can say it. Cause I think that's what the under under undercurrent of love allows you to say stuff. Like like when you'll be like, Do you want me to leave the room? And I'll go, Yep. He knows I still love him. I just need him not in the room. But you couldn't say that to like a roommate no. or you know what I mean? So it's definitely so, yeah. Is it, so it's unanimous. Be petty. Be petty. Be petty for the remainder of your time in this in this house because they have... push it to the push it to the limit. Push it right to the limit of being mm-hmm. uh, like uh, 
like do everything you can with plausible deniability. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. And I think, you know, also in a way there's a lot you can blame on the puppy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that could, you know, things Maybe can be Maybe you take a dump on the ground. Hello. Think about that those options. Like, look what the Look, somehow the puppy took a human-sized dump. Yeah. Who knows? You you definitely definitely are within your rights. These people are terrible to make decisions without the third person who pays bills and to have those decisions involve a baby animal is psycho. Let's do the third one, Andy. Those right. people made me very mad. Well, this might make you, well, I don't know about mad, but. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, I had to send this in. I'm a longtime listener, and I trust your advice implicitly. Um, and I thought maybe you could help. Um, I saw this guy on Facebook and the people you may know suggestions. And we had a few <laughs> mutual friends. Um, who are just like acquaintances of mine, not like super close friends. And I thought maybe we had met before. He looked cute and kind of familiar. So I figured, why not? I'll send him a friend request. If he thinks I'm weird, he won't accept. So he accepted the friend request like immediately and sent me a message saying I looked familiar and asked if we'd met. I said I thought maybe we had because he looked familiar too. So we end up chatting and... um find out maybe we have crossed paths because we have a lot of things in common and even grew up in the same town. He asked if I was single. He is too. We're both um, divorced. So I shot my shot. Um, I said, you seem nice. If you want to meet for a drink or something sometime, let me know. I was trying to put the ball in his court a little bit. Um, he said he did want to meet and he sent me his number. Um and basically just said to let him know. And I said, okay, sounds good. And I texted back my number. He still hasn't looked at that last message. So as far as I can tell, he's going to wait for me to text him. <laughs> and this is weird new territory for me. I've never friended or DM'd a stranger before, but COVID <laughs> has your girl a little lonely and feeling like, what do I have to lose? So my question is, what the heck do I do now? Oh, do I text him gosh. and try to get something going? <laughs> how do I address how weird and stalkerish I feel having done this and pursuing it? Um, I feel like I'm making all the moves, which is definitely outside my comfort zone, but I also put myself in this position. So I'm trying to figure out what to do without coming across like a total weirdo. Um, again, I love you guys. I trust your advice. And I hope Mabel is doing really, really well in core. Bye. I want to throttle this person. <laughs> I, I want this, to throttle this person. I picked this specifically for you, Joel. <laughs> she has everything. I have nothing. Um, <laughs> listen, she's she's concerned about making all the moves. The fact that he brought up that like and asked her if she was single and that and brought up that he was single, that is a move, my friend. That is mm-hmm. that was him putting himself in danger. Mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and yes she was the one who sent the friend request he's the one who reached out and sent the message uh-huh. okay Absolutely. like they're on equal footing when someone gives you their number the correct response is to text them so that they have your number do not send someone their your number that's that is that would make me feel crazy if i were him if i were him and i sent someone my phone number and they sent back their phone number i'd be like oh okay you want to play games. You want to play games. <laughs> Just text him. Yeah. Just text him. 
Yeah, and I would say let's all stop thinking about relationships as if we're playing chess or something. Let's just yeah, like the the idea like that there are games and stuff that it feels so like uh who's the guy with the big hat mystery mystery yeah yeah, yeah. pickup artist yeah it guy. feels real yeah. pickup artist like like let's forget about this is romantic relationships are not. You're not playing Stratego. You're not playing Risk, okay? The, Just... the game part of it is over. The game yeah. was circling each other to figure out if you were both single, mm-hmm. okay? And that, that happened early on, and from there, all bets are off. It's clear that you're both into each other physically. Mm-hmm. Now you need to figure out, like, the rest of it. But you right. need to text him for that to happen. And also, you're not a – again, as, you, as Joel has said, too, is like this, when you're saying, like, how do I deal with feeling like a stalker? You got to let it go. Cause you're not a stalker. You saw you saw a cute guy. You reached out. He reciprocated the reach out. So that's automatically, you know. Let's be honest. And I know you're exaggerating a bit, but I also kind of want you to not exaggerate a bit because you're using it to talk yourself out of it. Because it's like, if you were a stalker, this would have been a person who you friended, who didn't reply, who you tried to message, and you tried to poke, and you whatever. No, that's not what happened. Yeah. You friended him. He yes. reached out to you. That's yes. not stalker. If, if you were a stalker, your question would be like, how do I get this person to get rid of this restraining order? Right. That's what your question would have been. Right. Right. So I'm like, you're not. So, you know, and, uh, you know, you're saying this is out of your comfort zone a little bit. Okay. Well, honey, if there's one thing we done got from the last year is you got to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Okay. Like we back in the world, we vaxxed and it's time to hit these streets. And this it's is like. This is literally best case scenario for, <laughs> for this, for this yes. kind of situation. Like, friending someone randomly on Facebook in the year of our Lord 2021 (laughs) and for it to dovetail into a date? Like, that's not happening that much anymore, honey, okay? This isn't 2014. This is, like... Right. (laughs) (laughs) I got asked asked out once on Facebook in 2008. Careful now. 2008 or not. Yeah. Yeah. What are you looking at before? It you wasn't asked, you. Well, you asked me out in 2008. Yes. I I uh, I bumbled through. A, oh, is yeah. that why that's called Bumble, by the way? Because you're like, uh, what, what are we doing? No, I <laughs> I bumbled into asking you out like, uh, I know. like Mr. Magoo. Yeah, <laughs> it was very falling, 2008. Yeah, yeah, it was Mr. Magoo falling into a pit. And that I, was me asking you out in 2010. And I didn't think that it was even asking out because I was like, it's a Facebook message. So right. to me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll see you. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll see you at McManus. You know, it yes. like something very like loose because I was like, it's a Facebook message. But a woman did outright ask me out uh, and then uh, did not enjoy hearing about uh, level two improv at UCB <laughs> for the entire dinner. Weird. Weird how that's. Uh, Wait, uh, who was she? She was. Uh. She produced like documentaries, and uh, I okay, think she sounds like a catch. I know. <laughs> no, she was interesting. If 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 we had met maybe later on, but like I would have had to have been already transformed by therapy, which is through Naomi. So yeah, there's no it way. It just never the the timelines net would never have worked out. Yeah. So uh, sorry to this person that you had but, to like, had hear you... about yes ending for. Uh, 90 minutes had you met her like out in the world no we had a mutual oh, friend straight up okay straight it was up, a straight up like friend, hey okay mutual friend i think she probably liked that i had been a philosophy professor or something yeah like that's that. what i like too <laughs> it wasn't the improv <laughs> but the thing is no, no our first date we just talked about derrida and you were enthralled now. oh sick but at least but it's like but again you didn't think she was a weirdo for asking you were probably like oh cool a girl asked me out yeah yeah, yeah i think like- most men are, are way more impressed by that 
and like flattered by that than women um, assume. And I will say, I'm sorry, the tactical mistake here was sending your number back after he had sent his number because that it's like that is literally him handing the ball to you and you going no you yeah like yeah that yeah yeah Yeah. that was your that was his signal to you for you to text him Mm -hmm. he's not gonna text you now especially do it especially because you know you said you guys are both divorced so that also for me explains some of that him giving you his number because you say you're you're not used to it maybe he's out of practice too yeah so it's like you're both like all right like between between COVID and divorce it's like have any have any of us been out in the game recently (laughs) so it's like you guys are just trying to figure it out so text him what what should she text now I say a butthole pick I say you got to make up for the fact that you messed up by just sending your the hole itself a close up of the hole you know uh, some of the cheeks but uh, for context, but uh, no, for real, sorry, for real. What? So, st- <laughs> so stupid. Hey, it's Amy. Um, Want to get a drink this Friday? Yeah. Uh, literally yeah. that. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yes. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. You, you know, you can also just, hey, so my favorite podcast host told me to text you. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just clip this part out? Send it as a, <laughs> send it as an MP3. And ma'am, don't say, hey, this is Amy, if your name isn't Amy, okay? <laughs> don't take us literally. Don't be that person. Use your name. <laughs> he said he had no idea what was going on. He thought it was the wrong number. I sent a butthole and said, hey, it's me, Amy. <laughs> and it, none, of, none of it went according to plan. Oh, my God. Girl, text him. It's going to be fine. You might as well look, and it may not be this may not be your next husband, but this will be a good practice mm-hmm. and at the very least a fun hang. You know what I mean? Or maybe not a fun hang and a good story. Yeah. So either way, it's like it's not the end of the world. As long as you got your own ride there and back, you can make it. Yeah. So that's how I feel about all kind of dates. If the as long as you can get yourself out, never go to a secondary location. <laughs> you don't know him, and I want you to live. You sound like a white woman and you seem delicate. Do not go to a secondary location. Other than that, go for it. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't silence of the lambs it. <laughs> don't help him move a couch into his the back of his van. Oh my god, if somebody tells you that they are need help finding their lost dog, you say, I can't help you, sir, but I will make a phone call. Because that's how they <laughs> get you too. They'll be like, Will you help me find my lost dog? And then you like walk and then they just club you over the head. <laughs> so no so no helping people with lost dogs. Joel, I just want to say I'm so glad that your butt did not betray you for this whole hour I you were know. able to talk to us for a whole hour so brave so, so brave. brave of me to even attempt it yeah. i know you could have you could have not you could have been, when i wrote to say uh, hey are we cool still cool to record this you could have been like no we're not no. <laughs> it was I within said, your power i said no i'm gonna show up for naomi i said i'm gonna Ooh, show up for naomi baby. and andy well, yeah, well it's okay, mostly yeah, me yeah, that's yeah, fine no it. that's good yeah. that's good i understand my role <laughs> you know gardener <laughs> Fertilizer salesman, etc. Oh, Joel, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been a blast. You're yeah, the Joel. best. It's really nice easy, to see you. Easy, easy, easy. I know. You're perfect. All right, you guys. We will see you next week. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 